Starting a business in the middle of a recession seems like a good idea. Well, at least to me it does because I like taking chances like that. Starting a business that deals with social media and knowing nothing about it seems like an even better idea. My next guest did just that. And today his audience is, I don't know, somewhere around 100 million people. Michael Stelzner from Social Media Examiner joins me in two seconds. Helping business owners in growth mode go farther, faster. This is Entre Grow. Michael, welcome to the Entre Grow podcast. Great to see you and have you with me again. Thanks, Ken, for having me. I'm super excited to be here. It's been a while since I've done another show for other than my own show. So it's super nice to be in the uh, other seat. If you're in the passenger seat today, not the driver's seat, which is a good place to be. Absolutely. So, Michael, the big question I have as we start this, here we are at the end of 2020 in the midst of a global pandemic. Is social media going to be a thing in 2021 or are we all tapped out from fatigue? Well, I think social media has been the thing in 2020, undoubtedly, because if you think about social media, including Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok, dot, 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 I would argue that this has been the year that people have spent outrageous amounts of time on these platforms uh, because they've had nothing more to do, right? They've been quarantined. They don't have a commute to work anymore. So they've saved about an hour a day. Uh, they're not able to go out on the weekends and do fun activities. So what they do is they watch YouTube all day. They flick through Facebook all day. They watch TikTok. They watch Instagram Reels. And if anything, the addiction is there. And that's good if you invest in those platforms. If you're right. an advertiser, which I know is a lot of our audience, that's a really good thing. Um, I don't think that that addiction is going to break. Uh, in 2021, I think it might, uh, people might get sick of platform X or platform Y and try mm-hmm. new platforms, but I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. All right. Let's dive into something you already said, TikTok and Instagram reels. Yes. All right. Let's, let's balance these two suckers out. TikTok was the earlier player in the game. TikTok, you know, had a stronghold in that space. And then Instagram said, oh no, you've got to, we've got to compete in this space. And they created reels. Which one do you lean into? Well, what's funny is that uh, first there was Vine and everybody forgot about Vine, a six second looping platform that was purchased by Twitter and shut down. Um, And I bet you right now Twitter's regretting that decision. Uh, Musical.ly, which is the company that is now known as TikTok, which was acquired by a company out of China, um, has developed a really smart algorithm and they're really quite good at creating entertaining fun content, often with a musical track underneath it. Right. And a lot of the younger generation, you know, a lot of kids, if you will, who can't go to school have been living on TikTok and it's become huge. Right. And we can't discount it. It's not for most businesses, to be honest with you. Right. Like we're not on TikTok. I don't know if you're on TikTok, Ken. Are you on TikTok? I am. Okay. And I love the platform. Yeah. And I have nothing against the platform. I think it's great, but it's not for every business because it's entertaining content and not every business is in the business of making entertaining content. However, um, when Reels came out from Instagram, a lot of people were like, oh, this is really interesting. This is really fascinating. But I look at Reels in the same way I look at IGTV. I don't know if you remember when that rolled out a couple of years ago, Ken. Yeah, I do. 
IGTV was supposed to be the big answer to YouTube, right? It was supposed to draw all these creators over to the platform to create a new vertical format, long form video, which is typically about 10 minutes, but it could go longer. Right. Um, and it really never took off. It just kind of floundered. And it wasn't until they figured out a way to fully integrate it into Instagram that it started to take off. Now with Reels, Instagram did something different. They rearranged the entire platform. They learned from their IGTV days and they put a thumbnail right in the middle bottom that has a little video clip on it, right? Yep. And this first started out inside of the discovery tab, I think they call it, or explore tab. I can't remember what it's called. But um, Reels is a legit thing. TikTok is a legit thing. But here's what I want to say to marketers and entrepreneurs that are listening right now. Do not get lured in by the sirens on the hill that are promising you views, okay? Do not think because you get thousands of views or tens of thousands of views overnight that you have made it. Why are you clapping, by the way? Because I, I have, you're repeating my mantra. And people get so sucked into the view counts and the likes and the and all the shininess of that. Right. And at the end of the day, what does that do for your business? Yes. And and that's the key, right? Why is it that Instagram has removed uh, social proof from their posts, right? Why is it that you can no longer see in the feed on Instagram the number of likes on a particular post? Right. It's for a reason. Why yeah. is that, right? Because they know how addictive it is and they're yeah. trying to protect people from that addiction. And they want better content. You see, uh, my belief is, and, and, and Michael, if, you're, if you yeah. disagree with me, please tell me. My belief is, is that one of the things that people do is they post the best version of themselves to get the most likes and the most reshares versus just being genuine and sharing real content. And so having those metrics, having those, like numbers and those thumbs up show up is like a vanity metric, but it really drives bad behavior on the platform, not good behavior. That's my correct. Opinion. Correct. This is why you have people in slums trying to get an angle shot that makes it look like they're in an amazing spot so they can develop this quote unquote fame. Right. And right. I'm not talking to people that want to be Instagram influencers. I'm talking to people that are in the world of business. Right. Yeah. So the real question you have to ask yourself is, is there a value proposition to being on a platform that can lift up new content and can show it in front of people pretty, pretty quickly? I would say yes, because in the world of Facebook, it's exceptionally hard to get visibility and eyeballs on your content. There was a day where it was easy. Those days were a long time ago, back when I didn't have any gray hair. Um, and nowadays, you got to pay for that, right? And that's why they come to your organization. But the truth is that... Um, the, the, the allure of Reels and the allure of TikTok is really built on the discovery engine. And it's the same allure of YouTube. All these platforms are built on a sampling discovery engine where they will show your stuff, whether you are new or whether you're not new. And, and the possibility of your videos being seen by the right people is a very important thing for any marketer, right? The challenge that you have to ask yourself is if you're a marketer who wants to become known and wants to have a big audience on TikTok, is your audience actually there on TikTok? Are you attracting the right people to your video or are you just kind of getting on a trend, you know, and a lot of people are looking at it, but they don't really care about you and they don't care about what your business is about. 
And that's where having analytics and tracking and measurements in place is really important because just because you get a lot of eyeballs might be a signal that you should do more or it actually might be a signal you shouldn't do anything at all. And that's where a lot of marketers make mistakes is they just look at the impressions and they assume everyone who saw it is someone who I want to see it. And you know just as well as I do that that's not what matters in business. That's a great point. You know, I, I talk about oftentimes we have an ad that's been running on Facebook for a couple of years and it's a top of funnel ad and it's got a clown in it. Now that ad has been seen now, I think five or 6 million times. It's got five or 6 million views, but not every one of those views equates to a customer. Right. Right. The algorithm or even a prospect right? or even a prospect. Right. It could be someone that saw it because their friend shared it with them because they're afraid of clowns. Right. Right. So it's not our ideal client, but when the algorithm knows that how, who to serve your message to and knows who those ideal prospects are, that's when it becomes real, right? That's when it, when there's potential there. But a million likes and a million thumbs up and a hundred comments and shares doesn't matter. It's what matters is where the conversion comes in, where the and, sale comes yeah, in. And here's the slippery slope that marketers need to think about. Let's say you go do something and for the, let's say for the longest time you've tried to get your marketing to work and everything you've tried hasn't worked to your standards. You watch all your friends and they seem to do amazing things and you try to model them, but whatever, whatever you try just doesn't seem to work. Right. Then finally you try something and it works. Um, or at least you think it works, right? You're getting lots of views and you're getting lots of things that you've always wanted. Then you decide to go all in on that thing. Okay. And nothing else works. Right. And that's the dangerous path that a lot of marketers take is they don't understand what their true objective is or what their business goal is, right? If it's just about getting eyeballs, I mean, my gosh, go on Facebook and set up an ad with an engagement campaign and go to town with a scary clown, right? Because <laughs> right? you can do that. But, but instead, it's about drawing the right people to you. And that's where you need to understand who it is, what it is you want, and all those fun things. And you can do it on TikTok. You can do it on Instagram. You can do it anywhere. It's got to match your mission. It's got to match what you're all about. And, you know, back in the day when Snapchat was all the rage, mm -hmm. not anymore, when it was all the rage, I was on TikTok. I mean, I was on Snapchat trying to make stuff that everybody else was making, which was very, very creative videos. And yeah, I was getting a lot of messages from mostly teenagers, you know what I mean? Talking about how they wanted to be like me when they grew up. And I realized that wasn't who my audience was. Right. That wasn't what I wanted. And that's why I'm not on that platform anymore. You know, it's interesting. I have gone through phases and I think everyone at, at, as marketers, we go through phases of trial. We try things out. We want to test all the new shiny platforms. Right. And I've done that to where I've gone sometimes too wide and right. sometimes too narrow. And there was a time in recent years, in the last few years, where I was so hyper-focused on Facebook only Mm -hmm. that I lost sight of all these other platforms. So I started to go wide. And when I started going wide, I realized that I didn't know contextually how to use the platforms, but I knew one thing about these platforms that they all used video and mm -hmm. I like video. So therefore video was comfortable for me, but where's video going right now, Michael? There's like, when you look at all of the platforms, it seems that the static image it really doesn't have a ton of weight anymore. It's all video based, but doesn't that mean that every video is competing for the same attention across all these platforms? Cause it's just video, video, video. I feel like I'm in a world, you, you remember that, that 
what was that movie where there's like a thousand movies, a thousand video screens. And now we're living that every day with zoom calls and zoom meetings, but like there's so many distractions and it's all video based. What's the future of video in, in, on these platforms for us? Well, first of all, I think we need to acknowledge that most of us are not using video, even though we see a lot of video, most of us are not doing anything with video at all. So, so wait, do I live in a bubble then? Because like, I, I think that it's, everyone's using video or well, let me I, ask you this. What's the, what kind of car do you drive? And when uh, did you today, buy it? Today it's a, it's a Honda CRV. Okay. When you first bought that Honda CRV, did you start to notice a lot more Honda CRVs on the road? Of course. Was it true that there was more Honda CRVs on the road because you bought a Honda CRV? No. Okay. So there's some sort of bias that we go through mm. when we do things, we assume everyone else is doing them when the truth is they're actually not. And all you've got to do is scroll through your Instagram feed and count the number of posts that are video and scroll through your Facebook feed and count the number of posts that are video. Now I will tell you these algorithms are smart and they, if, if you engage with video, they will show you video. Mm. If you don't engage with video, they won't show you video. I don't see video very much on Facebook or Instagram at all outside of the stories component. Okay. So, and the truth is most marketers don't use video. They're scared of video. It's too complex. They don't understand how to use it. And I think it's an opportunity. I don't think there's enough people using video, Ken. I think it's quite the opposite. And I'm curious, you know, uh, you know, is it possible that because you're spending time on TikTok that you think everything is video? Because well, everything is video on TikTok, you know what no, I mean? No, and I do get that. But, I, you know, I noticed that. And now I'm going to go back into my Facebook feed and my Instagram feed and really see. Yeah. But I live in such a video forward world. I believe that everyone's using video and that I'm looking for the next thing because everyone's here to tell video. you I'm here to tell you video is the next thing. Okay, hold on and a second. Did I, I did I just hear you say in like the last minute and a half not enough people are using video and video is the next thing. Here we are coming into 2021 and I thought video had arrived. Well, let's break it down. First of all, live video. Most people do not use live video. It's true. It's complicated. They don't feel comfortable going live. They might make a mistake. Um, and dot, 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 dot. I just said, um, and, and right. And that's not yeah. acceptable, right. For someone to do on video. So most people do not use live video anymore. Why do you not see buses with, uh, Facebook live ads on them anymore? Right. It, why do you not see Facebook putting a lot of attention on live video? It's just a feature now. Okay. On LinkedIn, you cannot get live video unless you apply for it. Okay. So on Instagram, you know, most people do not use live video because Basically, it's scary, you know? So there's that, okay? So live video, not being used by most people. Stories. Stories are consumed by a lot of people across all of the social platforms, partly because it's in your face. The moment you open the app, it's the very first thing you see. You watch them, they're cool. Of the stories that you watch, only about half of them are video. The other ones are pictures. So if you start to think about what your friends are actually doing, they're taking pictures because that's easier for people to do and put a caption on a picture than to actually talk to the camera. Um, I just did an interview with a gal named um, Pelpina Tripp yesterday, which I don't know if you know who she is, but she's a video expert and she teaches people how to overcome some of the biggest fears that they have because most people don't feel comfortable showing up on camera. Most marketers have no training in, in 
in, um, in video. Maybe we know how to write, especially if we're in the social media world because it started all as the written word. Maybe we know how to take a picture or compose a graphic. Right. But man, you talk about video, uh-uh, scary. Uh, women, they got to put makeup on. Guys, they got to have, the, you know, I mean, it, it's just not what most people do. Now in yeah, ads, it's even more complicated, right? Because it's one thing to write an ad with a picture. And it's another thing to compose an ad with a story knowing that most people have it muted, right? So it's truly complex. Go ahead. Now, Michael, I have a video pet peeve and we've got to just, I want to air this out to everyone who's listening right yeah. now, everyone who's watching. This is a huge faux pas. Now, in the world I live in, I have multiple monitors. In the world of the, the TV show, The Office, this would have been called Megadesk, right? We all have multiple monitors these days. When you're on a video and you're doing live, and you're looking at yourself in that monitor, you're not addressing the camera. And for goodness sakes, look at the top where your monitor is, where your light is, where the camera is. That's the one thing. And, and how many times have you seen people do live video where their eyes are not looking at the camera because they're looking at themselves? Well, or it's because they've got a script and the script isn't near the camera, right? I mean, and I've done a lot of video. It's hard. You yeah. know, and when we talk about non-live video, it's even harder, right? Because you've got multiple takes, you've got editing, you've got production, you've got a lot yeah. of things you got to do to do video. But the, here's why you should do video. Because of the Netflix phenomenon, the Disney Plus phenomenon, the Hulu phenomenon, the Apple Plus phenomenon, the HBO Max phenomenon. The truth is that everybody now is watching video YouTube. They're watching more video than ever before. YouTube right. just announced um, a few days ago that all videos on YouTube are going to be open to monetization very, very soon, whether you want it to or not, because that's a signal that they've got probably more demand than they have supply. And um, the truth is that there's a lot of people watching videos and that that represents a big opportunity. So a lot of marketers, I can tell you, I just know I have the data. They are scared of video, but I can tell you if you can get it to work, it's huge because people love passive consumable media right. and I'm, I'm that way. If I can watch a little video, I'll watch it. Now I will tell you one of my early video experiences with TikTok, which is all video is on a Friday night. My wife and I sat down on the couch. We each had a glass of wine and we were just kind of checking out TikTok. This is early TikTok. And wouldn't you know an hour and a half of our lives <laughs> gone like that. We were so squirreled by the for you page, right? Because it knows what you're what you like. And so it's interesting to see these platforms develop and evolve and really learn our behaviors because the AI is so smart. The right. AI knows what you're doing and what you're searching for and what you're looking at. It's not a bad thing. It's just super serving you the stuff you're already looking for. Okay. So social media is Video is the thing to, to be using. And if you're not using video, you should start using video. Michael, grab the crystal ball. Look 50 years ahead in social media, 50 years from now. 50, okay. 50. Probably won't even be here. <laughs> okay, but 50 years ahead, yeah. what are people going to look back at from this time and just be appalled by? Appalled by? Hmm. Yeah. I don't really know. That's a hard thing to answer, like to, to, to look from the future back. I think I would look at it from a different perspective. I think instead of being appalled, they would be um, surprised 
of what happened as a result of what we've been going through. Because I believe that we're going to see the next Microsoft, the next Google, the next Facebook, we're going to learn that they were all born in 2020. And it just so happens that during economic struggles are when um, market disruptive kind of companies are often born. Right. I mean, if you go back, Instagram was born during a market crash and so many of these other really big companies that we take for granted every day came out of these kinds of situations. So Social I, media examiner did. That's true. We were founded in 2009 and the idea started in 2008 during the, you know, what we called the great recession. So I think that I look at disruption always as opportunity. So what we'll look back at 50 years from now is they'll say, wow, what's Facebook? I've never heard of that. I'm not even joking. They're going to say, what's Facebook? They're going to say, is that like uh, Sears? <laughs> I mean, I'm not even kidding. They'll look at Facebook and they'll say, oh, that's like Sears. That's that thing that our grandparents used to use. I'm not even joking because I do think that Facebook has lost its luster. I think it's lost its way in many regards, and it's just not what it used to be. And I think that we're going to see a whole bunch of new opportunities pop up. And right now, it seems impossible. Just like when you and I were kids, we would go to Sears and we would say to ourselves, it's not possible that anybody could ever beat Sears. I even used to work at Sears. Now they're not even around anymore, okay? Yeah. So this is the world that we're in right now is that we're, we're very myopic. We don't understand that everything is in flux and there's opportunity in front of us. And Facebook and Microsoft will be names of the past. And as a matter of fact, we'll never be able to predict the companies of the future. I mean, Ken, how many companies that were around 50 years ago do you think will be around in five years? Very few. Very few. I mean, I, I look at the the companies that have gone under over the last decade, right? let alone the last year. This Correct. year has been devastating for businesses all over the world, but it's also been incredible for lots of businesses. And yeah. it's interesting. I had a conversation, Michael, with a friend of mine recently. This is a friend who 10 years ago laughed at the need for every business to be online. Mm -hmm. He said, this is, you know, not every business needs to be online. Brick and mortars are going to be around. People like to touch, feel, whatever. And 2021 and forward, I think the online world is going to be so dominant. Brick and mortars, you know, we've already seen how many of them have closed. And I think that trend is going to continue because now people are comfortable. We were forced into change. And those that thought that digital and online was never going to grow to where it is. I mean, look at the, the most highly valued companies in the world today. Right. This is what they do. Um, what would you say? And, and I'm going to put you on the spot, but you don't need to answer it if you can't. What would you say are three features the next big platform needs to have to make a Michael Stelzner happy? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, what we've learned from social media, like the dream of Mark Zuckerberg was to basically connect the world. And then when he connected the world, he realized, oops, I might've made a mistake. <laughs> I don't want to connect terrorists together, right? And there are certain kinds of people we don't want to connect together, right? So um, I think that in an ideal world, the next social platform would be um, free forever, um, free of advertising even, if that sounds possible. Um, but
but I know that would never happen, at least in our generation, because everything is moving towards an advertisement-based model. But look what Netflix has done, right? If Netflix has proven that you can be a huge company without a single ad ever, well, what's the possibility if there's a platform where you pay $10 a month and you never have to see another ad in your life and everything is private and everything is secure and it's amazing? I'm here to tell you, I think people would pay for that in the same I, way they pay for Netflix. And I think we're moving towards an era right now where it's no ads anymore. And Netflix has proven it. Apple has proven it. And so many of these platforms have proven it that if they can get a subscription fee, they never have to show an ad. They never have to sell your data. And I think that's where the world is heading. Uh, did you want to say something to that? I don't disagree with you. In fact, I, I you know, to, to support your theory, you know, I believe that marketers as a whole screw up everything. If yeah. it's good, a marketer will mess it up. And and that's why I lean heavily into storytelling in my marketing, because right. I believe that that is way less invasive, way less painful. Nobody wants to be sold. They want to hear a story and engage in it. And I think if there was a platform that could remove the advertising and really allow us as humans to reconnect with one another at that level, not talking about marketers creating stories to sell people stuff, but that is to me one of the greatest, I would pay 20 bucks a month to be a part of a platform that had the connectivity without the crappy marketing. Yeah, and this is why I think YouTube is kind of a model that we can learn from because what YouTube does like no other platform, um, and it's true that they, they they run ads up against, obviously, um, unless you pay for their subscription to Red. But they run ads up against their videos. But what's great about YouTube is they have the discoverability side of it, which all creators want, right? Yes. Anyone who creates content wants an audience, and YouTube is the best at the, in the world, in my opinion, at, at curating an audience for you. Now, they're not going to show every video to every one of your subscribers in the same way Facebook does and, and all the other platforms don't. But they have a really great way of um, sampling your video, ranking your videos if you if you do it right, and that's what everybody wants, right? Like like there's a reason why our kids and our kids' kids love watching YouTube because it's amazing content. It's totally free, forever, and there is no pay to play as a creator, right? If you have a huge audience on YouTube, you do not have to pay YouTube for it. But you do if you're on the other platforms. Right. And that's the advantage that YouTube has. And people are willing to see an ad that they can skip at the front of a video. They have no issue with that at all. So that's the second thing. Like the first thing would be it'd be great if there's no monetization model at all through advertising, right? Instead, people pay a subscription. But if there is a no subscription and it's free, let's at least not penalize the people that build their house on that platform, mm -hmm. which is exactly what Facebook and Instagram have done. They've penalized you and they do it over and over again, whatever, even with Facebook groups, you know, you build it, you use their great tools, and then they basically don't show your content to your audience, right? You've right. got to work it. So that those are the two things that I would love to see, which is somehow, some way, making, the, making it easy to um, have the possibility of having people see your content, um, leveraging storytelling techniques and all that stuff. And then secondly, um, uh, not necessarily forcing those on the platform that are creating content to have to pay. The third thing, if I had to say three things, um, would be it'd be great if there was a revenue share um, model with the people that are on the platform, which is what YouTube does. 
um, which is great. Like, how cool is it that you can turn on advertising and actually earn money on YouTube by just creating content? Good I mean, content. Yeah, good content. Right. But that's, that's a good thing. That just incentivizes people to create more great content on the platform, right? TikTok is doing this as well, right? So TikTok is is also um, sharing, you know, money with TikTok creators and stuff. So, you know, I don't know what the future holds. I couldn't have predicted that TikTok would be big. Um, I can look at it in hindsight and understand why it's big, but I can't predict what the next thing is going to be. But I will tell you where the world is going right now, Ken, is, is private. So what that means is that the biggest social network is actually the network that you have in private DMs with uh, three people on Messenger, or it's the private messages that you're having on Instagram, right. or it's on your iPhone over iMessage, right? So the these tools that are free that allow you to have group communications privately and ideally encrypted is really kind of the future. It's like the micro network, right? The fact that you can... You can reach out to all your poker buddies, right? And messenger, and you can set up a dialogue. You know what I mean? And and it can be your own little group that everybody posts to. That's kind of where everything is kind of heading. Right. And text messaging is becoming really, really a big deal too. So I don't know exactly where the world is going, but these are just some of the trends that I see. Michael, if you're, you know, right now at the time of recording this, there are millions and millions of people who've unfortunately lost their jobs. COVID has taken its toll on the economy globally, not just here in the United States. If you're a person who's just lost a job and has dreamed about, thought about starting a new business and they don't know where to start with social media, how to start with social media, what are some of the things that they can do and some of the resources that they can tap into that Great. they can go to. Okay, a couple thoughts come to mind. Um, first of all, you need to know what what's your communication gift? Can you write? Can you talk? Are you comfortable on camera? Any one of the three of those are kind of important, right? If you can write, then you can begin writing on Medium, LinkedIn, any platform that takes long-form content. If you can talk... You can begin doing live video. You can begin doing podcasting. If you are comfortable behind a camera, you can begin tapping into that video world that we were talking about, right? So first figure out what's your communication gift. Clearly ours is talking. Right. Um, the second thing is find out where the tribe that you want to be in front of hangs out online because you don't have to build a business first. You have to build a community first. And this is really important. This is the crux of all social media marketing, which is to know who you want to reach and where in the world they hang out online. Mm. And I, for example, try to reach social media marketers. And I know they're predominantly on Facebook and Instagram, right? Because those are the biggest platforms. And then they're on YouTube and LinkedIn. So if you know where they hang out, then what you can do is you can begin to study what works on those platforms. You can go to Social Media Examiner and start consuming endless resources and you are a resource that uh, was on my show if you want to learn how to create ads that sell. Um, but once you figure out where they hang out, then you begin communicating with them, not with a motive, but just to understand them more. And you begin to understand what their struggles and pains are. And Ken, I know I'm preaching to the choir here with you on this, but if you can understand what their true struggles are, for example, in my world, 
social media marketers desire to be a champion, a hero for their company because they've been commissioned, if you will, to try to generate more eyeballs, to generate more leads, to generate more sales. Right. Marketing has become the sales department. So their job is to grow sales for the business, right? And if um, they can somehow learn some techniques or tactics that will allow them a leg up on their competition, they will be hailed as the champion of the company. They'll be risen up on the shoulders and everyone will clap and applause them and they will have job security. I know that that's one of the struggles that the marketer faces. And I know that because I've done a lot of research. I've talked to a lot of them, right? So right. when you know that, then you can begin to create content that, that services that, right? You can begin to create content in that medium, the written word or, the, or, or by audio or by video. And you don't need to be the one creating it. You can find other people and bring them to your audience, right? Which is what I do. So that's what I would do if I was just getting started. You know, the world is changing so fast right now. I would love to circle back with you sometime in mid-2021 and and yeah. let's visit the, the state of the state of social media and really do a deep dive on a couple of platforms. Again, let's, let's revisit where we're at because things are changing so rapidly. Any predictions on the next up and coming platform? Are there any platforms that are in your periphery that you're watching that you're going, hmm, this looks interesting? Um, really just TikTok. I mean, is the only one that's hot and new. Um, I would say if, if everybody listening right now wants to focus on the majors, uh, first, if you're business to business, it's, it's LinkedIn and Facebook, um, and, and YouTube. If you're business to consumer, you know, you're targeting consumers, it's going to be Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok and YouTube. Those are the big ones, right? Um, Pinterest, maybe if you're in e-commerce and, you're all about selling physical products. Um, uh, Snapchat, maybe if you're targeting a younger demographic. Um, it, and if you really want to keep it simple, it's really just Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. <laughs> I mean, right. technically, you could just go 100% into Facebook. And I think that um, I think that's what's really what's really interesting about what's what what Facebook is. Facebook hasn't innovated a lot this year because it's been a rough year for a lot of businesses to innovate. But I think we're going to see a lot more uh, virtual reality stuff. Uh, and augmented reality stuff coming from Facebook, which also includes Instagram and WhatsApp. Right. Um, so I think we're going to see some really interesting virtual stuff uh, coming downstream. So there's opportunities there. Um, I would just, you know, not try to boil the ocean. Whatever I, whatever I would do is I would just, just understand every single one of these platforms come out with new things every day. And they almost always reward the early adopters. So a little inside baseball tip. If you see like Instagram release something new, you want to rush and you want to try it because you will get more exposure right out of the gate just because you're an early adopter. And they purposely, intentionally want to show more of that kind of stuff to early adopters. That's why Reels took off like crazy as soon as it came off. Yeah, the best thing to do when a new feature comes available is be curious. If you're yeah, curious and, and poke around, you're going to find like some amazing things and you're also going to be become an expert in that new thing. So right. when people have questions, you've built authority at that point because you know what's going on in the platform. Michael, if people want to get uh, a deep education, give us some links and resources. Tell us how to get in touch with you, the cool. team at Social Media Examiner. I'd love to share that yep. with you. So I have a weekly podcast called Social Media Marketing. Uh, so if you love podcasts, um, get me on your listening uh, routine. And it's a really um, 
podcast, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, Ken's been on it. You could, I don't remember exactly when, but it was in within the last year, I think. Um, we have, if you're a visual learner, we've got tons of videos. We publish two to three a week on our YouTube channel, just youtube.com uh, slash uh, social media examiner. And then if you're a reader, uh, socialmediaexaminer.com publishes about four original articles every single week. So we've got your medium covered and we've got more than you could ever handle. So be sure to just check us out. And if you want links to everything, just go to socialmediaexaminer.com. There you go. Michael, thank you so much. I know we're, we're in Thanksgiving Eve mode. I'm so grateful for you to come in, for coming on the podcast. And uh, I look forward to circling back with you again soon. Thanks so much, Ken.